I'm Sharon Quick. I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, grew up there. I went to college at Vanderbilt University, medical school at Washington University in St. Louis. And then I did two residencies and two fellowships. Uh, my residencies were both at UCLA in pediatrics and anesthesiology. And then I did two fellowships, one in pediatric anesthesiology and one in pediatric critical care. I think medicine is primarily an ethical profession and it uses science as a tool. And our medical schools tend to focus on the science and they don't focus enough on the ethics. We need an organization like CMDA that stands up for those ethics because that's what preserves the essence of what being a physician is all about. It's attention to ethical principles to supporting life above all, but also recognizing that death is part of life and that we don't need to prolong it in excess, but we shouldn't be hastening death. That we have to be most of all ethical physicians. Hi, this is Dr. Mike Chupp, and you are listening to CMDA Matters, the weekly podcast of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. You know, you just heard from Dr. Sharon Quick, who's been actively working with CMDA's advocacy team and fighting against assisted suicide in the state of Washington for many years now. I'm so thankful for members just like her who have courageously followed God's call into the public square. And it is a perfect way to start this episode of CMDA Matters because our guest today is a physician who became a member of parliament in Finland 27 years ago. She's going to share with us why she felt compelled to stand up, not only for her own religious freedom, but also she's been struggling for the free exercise of faith for all Christians in her country, faith based upon scriptural truth. My guest, Dr. Pivey Rasinen, has faced criminal charges because she tweeted a picture of a page from the Bible, a case that has attracted the attention of advocates of religious freedom around the globe. Well, let's get started, and trust me, you don't want to miss a single minute of this conversation. Well, today I have a great treat for you who are listening to this podcast because I have a guest all the way from Finland today, Dr. Pivi Rasanen. She's a medical doctor and has been a member of the Finnish parliament, still is, for 27 years. Uh, she's a chair of the Christian Democratic Parliamentary Group. And from 2004 to 2015, she was the chairwoman of the Finnish Christian Democrats. From June 2011 to May 2015, she was actually the Minister of the Interior of Finland. She lives in, and I hope I pronounce this correctly, Rimaki uh, with her husband. Uh, They have five grown-up children and 10 grandchildren. She's uh, a member of uh, Rimaki City Council and a member of uh, the Church Council. 
In 2019, three criminal charges were filed against her because of her Christian beliefs and her belief in the Bible, and she has been in court twice this year, 2022. And then on March 30th, 2022, a district court in Finland acquitted her of all of the charges. So without any further ado, Dr. Rassinen, thank you so much for joining us today on our weekly podcast. Thank you so much for having me here. It is a great honor to be with you. To our listeners, I am joined today because this is a very significant public policy, international public policy issue by our Senior Vice President of Public Policy and Bioethics, Dr. Jeff Barrows. Welcome, Jeff. Thank you, Mike. I'm uh, honored to be with you this morning all the way from Ohio. Okay. As a trained physician, uh, you pursued medicine. Uh, What was your specialty of training, Dr. Rassanen? Yes, I started my medical studies in uh, 1978 at the University of Helsinki, and I worked as a GP, general practitioner, until 1995, when I was elected to the Parliament of Finland. And before being elected to the parliament, I worked uh, in some, uh, uh, for example, uh, as an uh, occupational health physician for government employers, before it as a private physician and as a physician at an internal medicine ward in a hospital in my hometown. Well, Dr. Razanen, you chose to enter politics uh, then, clearly, and uh, fairly early on in your career. What led to that move uh, away from healthcare after spending so many years in healthcare education to really want to serve in public service in parliament? And would you still encourage other doctors to consider public service at either uh, a state or national level? As a physician, the ethical questions I came across, especially related to abortions, aroused my interest in politics. And uh, I I took the decision right at the start of my studies to refuse to take part in abortions, because as a Christian, I knew that the life begins in the fertilization. And um, with my Christian conviction, I couldn't take this matter lightly. A human being made in the image of God may not be killed. And defending the life of unborn children has been my top priority as an MP. And it was really the reason I went to politics. And yes, I definitely encourage doctors, not all, but but I hope someone, to take part in public discussions and debates. And of course, for us Christian doctors, I I think that it is very important to defend the life and the dignity of all human beings, and also well-functioning social and healthcare services is one of the most essential parts of people's lives. And it is very valuable that doctors use their expertise in national parliaments or other institutes, either at uh, the national or international level. Well, Dr. Resinen, many of our members and listeners are 
likely not aware of your story, which has made global news, as I mentioned earlier. And so would you just briefly tell our listeners what happened in June of 2019? And I guess June is significant because, as we know here in the U.S., that is Pride Month here. And I guess it maybe it is also in Finland. And there... Uh, what I read about in the BBC News, uh, this is your case was called the Bible hate speech trial or maybe Finland's Bible tweet trial. So could you just briefly explain what has happened in the last three years after so many years of faithful service as a member of parliament as well as minister for the interior? The starting point of this process was really a tweet that I published in June 2019. And in that tweet, I questioned the Evangelical Lutheran Church's official affiliation with the Helsinki LGBT Pride event, because just before that, the Evangelical Lutheran Church and its bishops had announced that they will support the Helsinki Pride event. And I am also a member of that church. It is a majority church in Finland. And I have to say that I was upset for it, mm-hmm. and I was praying, and I, I, I got a vision that uh, my church is like a sinking boat, and the people are in danger in that boat, and now it is not my time to jump out of the boat and save myself, but it is my time to try to speak aloud and warn <laughs> these, these people so that they would wake up. And I took a photo of a Bible passage from the book of Romans, first chapter, verses 24 to 27, where Apostle Paul teaches about uh, the same-sex relationships. And he he prescribes them as as a sin and shame, not as a pride. And I I have to say that uh, the aim of my criticism was the leadership of my own church, not any minority. Because according to the Church Act approved by our parliament, all doctrine must be examined and evaluated according to God's holy word. So I asked uh, the leadership of my church that how is it possible that you are celebrating these acts as pride when the Bible calls them as sin and shame. And I had a deep concern about the church teaching against its own confession Mm -hmm. and that this will undermine people's trust on God's word. And in fact, the question would then not be any more about marriage, only marriage, but also about salvation, how people can find a solution to the sin through the message of the Bible. And then a citizen made a criminal complaint against me and the police started a criminal investigation about the tweet. And then when this came in public, then there were several other criminal complaints that were made by citizens. For example, uh, a citizen made a criminal complaint about an old pamphlet I had written Already in 2004, male and female, he created them. It was the title of of the pamphlet. Yes, yes, I've read your pamphlet. (laughs) Yes, 
it takes a stand on sexuality and marriage from a Christian perspective. And and also Bishop Pohjola, Johanna Pohjola was prosecuted because he is responsible for publishing the pamphlet. And then the third charge is about my views presented in one radio interview. And in, in these two latter cases, the prosecutor general ordered the investigation against the police's recommendation. Then the filing of the charges was preceded by one and a half years of police interrogations, uh, investigation and, and several long interrogations, altogether 13 hours. For example, um, the police was asking me about the concepts of sin and what the Apostle Paul means in the Book of Romans and what is the core message of the letter to Romans, this kind of theological issues. And the police also asked if I agree to delete within two weeks my writings. I answered no, and that I stand behind these teachings of the Bible, whatever the consequences will be. And then last year, on the April, the prosecutor filed up uh, charges against me. And uh, now I have been two times in Helsinki District Court in the beginning of this year on January and February. And now on 30th of March, the Helsinki District Court acquitted me of all these three charges. And I, I was very happy for that because the ruling of the court was unanimous. There, there were three judges. These were pretty significant charges that I have read under the chapter of Finnish law, which actually criminalizes war crimes and crimes against humanity. Seems pretty significant, obviously. And my understanding is that even from the U.S., that we had five senators from the U.S. that warned our United States ambassador at large for international religious freedom that this decision to prosecute, and if you were convicted, would create a real concern all across the globe that secular blasphemy laws could be propagated, because Finland has been a country that has been reputable when it comes to rule of law, hasn't it? Yes, that's right. I have to say that the high international interest in this case rises from the concern that if this kind of questioning of free speech is possible in a country like Finland, which has good reputation regarding free speech. The same is possible anywhere in in European countries, which have similar kind of legislations as in Finland. In Finland, we have the law of um, agitation against uh, a minority group. And the similar kind of uh, legislations are about hate speech are also in other European countries. In the latest rule of law index, Finland was ranked the third. So it is alarming that in a country that is ranked so high in the rule of law index, I have been criminally charged for voicing my deeply held beliefs that are based on classical Christianity, classical views of Christianity and Bible. Well, Dr. Resinen, that really brings up the question that I assume that you are the first member of parliament that has ever had this type of accusation 
brought against you. But are you also saying that you really were uh, one of the first Finnish citizens that had this type of allegation and criminal charges brought against you for this particular issue? Yes, you are right. The court has, for the first time, has taken a stand on whether it is legal or not to cite the Bible and to agree with it. So my case is a precedent, not only in Finland, but also in, in Europe. There has not happened such, <laughs> such a case mm. in, in, in European countries. Have the courts in general and, and do the, the higher courts to which this, uh, the prosecutor may appeal, have they generally yes. been supportive of religious freedom and speech and that the Bible can be openly promoted and quoted? In fact, we have not had this kind of cases, so we do not know yet. Of course, I'm very happy that uh, the district court was very clear in its verdict and in its outcome. And I hope that uh, the similar outcome would also come from the higher courts if, if, if the prosecutor appeals to this. But I have to say that I do not know. Everything can be possible. But of course, in Finland, we have also our constitution. The freedom of speech and freedom of religion is guaranteed. And we also in the international agreements of uh, free speech and and freedom of religion. So uh, I hope that they would have weight also in in our higher courts decisions. But I don't yet know what, what is the decision of the prosecutor. If the prosecutor does not appeal, then the victory of this uh, district court would be final. But if she appeals, then of course I hope and I wish that I would also be acquitted in our Supreme Court, because then it would be a very strong precedent and it would have a great influence to possible similar cases in the future. So I pray that God's will would happen <laughs> in this process, whatever it, it, it is. At the same time, as this has been quite time-taking for me, this whole process, and also in somehow painful, all the time I have felt that this has been in God's hands. And I have felt that this has been my calling and in fact a, mm. an honor to defend the freedom of speech and freedom of religion and to defend the truth of the Bible. And I have been so happy that during this process, I have had many possibilities, many chances to testify about Jesus, about how <laughs> he is the solution to the problem of sin in front of police and in front of the court and also in media, in Finnish media. So. It has raised up a lot of discussion in Finnish society about the sure. Bible and the message of the Bible. And also many people have sent me messages that they have uh, started to pray for Finland and they have started uh, uh, 
to believe in the Bible, they have converted. Praise God. So, Praise God. You know, as you were describing being interrogated by the police, I had a flashback to the Apostle Paul being able to witness to Roman guards. And you, I, yeah. as you, they ask you, what is sin? <laughs> what a great opportunity to talk about the yes. gospel, Dr. Rossin. And that- yes, yes, yes. In fact, I have been speaking many hours with policies about the message of the Bible. <laughs> so in Finland, we have had news where they have told that uh, Päivi Rasanen is giving Bible studies in police station. <laughs> so we have had the Bible on the table and we have been discussing about it. At the same time, I feel that this has been in guidance of God. And that's why I pray the God would lead also the process uh, in the future. Wow. Whatever he wills, what, what, whatever is his will. Well, Dr. Razanen, you early on in, your, uh, in this interview, you talked about your very strong pro-life passions and the reason for entering into politics. And so changing the, the topic a little bit, you've been fighting abortion in your country now for many years. What, what is the current situation of that fight to end abortion? And I'd be curious as well if uh, how many uh, people in Finland are aware of our Supreme Court case that is currently pending, the Dobbs case, that may actually overturn a prior decision that we call Roe v. Wade. And uh, hopefully that encourages you and others that believe in the sanctity of life there in Finland. In Finland, We have also followed these cases, and I think that especially it has uh, encouraged uh, the pro-life-minded people in in Finland. And we are also praying for you that you you. have... Thank you. (laughs) Yes, that you would have uh, good uh, outcomes, because it, it has positive ramifications in other countries if you have uh, this kind of decisions that protects the life of unborn children. In in Finland, um, we have um, the situation that the majority of abortions, over 90%, are performed on grounds of social reasons. Our population is 5.5 million, and, and we have about 8,000 abortions every year. And um, I have, during my parliamentarian career, done several legislative initiatives in order to modify the legislation on abortion. And I also regularly (laughs) write columns about this. I have also written uh, some books about abortion and euthanasia and also about marriage that have gained uh, a lot of readers. Here in Finland, we have a problem that healthcare professionals do not have in our legislation a right to refuse to conduct abortions or to give statements related to abortion to personal conviction. And that's why this is a very painful issue to many Christian doctors and nurses. And some doctors and nurses have had to leave their jobs because of our legislation. And we have tried to change this, but it has been very, very difficult in in the atmosphere of of Finland. And um, 
If I tell something about our legislation, according to the laws of Finland, termination of pregnancy requires the consent of one or two doctors, depending on the case. In most cases, the consent of two doctors is required. And in practice, if the woman is uh, less than 12 weeks pregnant, she will get abortion if she so wishes. And um, I think that we have also the problem, and I think that it is a severe insult against the human rights of disabled children that abortion is permitted up to 24th week mm. if the doctor finds a serious impairment in the fetus. Just hearing what you've just described, I'm guessing that that situation, which is not uncommon, I think it's the same situation up in Canada, our neighbors to the north here in the U.S., that doctors cannot refuse, uh, sounds like even perform abortion. So a couple of things then must result in Finland. Either you have Christian doctors who are dealing with moral injury because they're forced to do things that they really believe, sincerely believe are wrong, or probably even more likely that Christian doctors aren't going into practice into a place where they're going to be put in a situation where they're going to have to make that decision. Would you say that Christians are not going into obstetrics and gynecology in Finland now because of those laws that have been passed? So it, it has been impossible to work in these areas because you have to <laughs> do abortions if you work as a gynecologist. So mm. this this is a big problem. It is also a problem for... for uh, women who would like to have a Christian doctor. Of course. Mm. <laughs> yes. So it, it, is, it is not possible in, in, in Finland. Well, here in the United States, Dr. Razanen, we are not quite to that point, but we are facing the threat of that. And that is actually one of the major uh, works that our organization is trying to do in protecting our members. So living in a country where they have lost the right to refuse this, what what admonition or challenge would you give to our members, our Christian healthcare professionals here in America, that what may be facing them if they don't stand up and, and help us and, and getting this fought off and fighting for our ability to practice according to our religious freedom? Yes, I, I think that this is extremely important to try to fight for this freedom, freedom of conscience, because uh, it is a fundamental right for people to work according to their conscience. I have seen in so many uh, my colleagues, uh, doctor colleagues, uh, very painful situations when for example, they have uh, worked with abortions against their conviction, and it is very painful, and it damages their faith. <laughs> and then I have also seen uh, these cases where, for example, nurses, they have uh, left their work because of abortions. So I, I only want to encourage you <laughs> that you would uh, fight for this freedom. Of course, in Finland, we have also, for example, when I worked as physician, as a doctor in our health centers, when I went there, I discussed with my boss <laughs> and told him that uh, for my conscience, I will not take part in abortions 
or uh, write any statements for the abortions and they understood it and uh, I, I had the permission <laughs> to work according to my conscience. So it is possible to negotiate these rights, but it is not possible in every hospital or every health center. So we, we, we really have this very painful issue in, in our country. And uh, I have tried many, many, several times in, in uh, our parliament to change this law, but uh, we have a very liberal view, uh, very, I would say, uh, the, the issue of abortion is a very, very difficult issue in Finland to discuss about. And that's why we, we have not succeeded. But of course, we, we still we try and we pray. Yes, <laughs> for, of course, of for, course. Yes. You know, you exemplify what Dr. Barrows and I and our board of trustees uh, have been desiring for our members and other Christians in healthcare in the U.S. is that we equip loving messengers of truth. And your prosecutor, uh, he or she, must have really struggled to come up with anything remotely resembling hatred because you've conducted yourself in a manner worthy of the Lord Jesus Christ in the way that you have treated the prosecutor and the opposition as you've gone through this process. So I I really want to appreciate you. We will continue to pray for you from the Christian Medical and Dental Association's United States. So please know we are on your side standing with you and One of our members who I was with at our national convention, who's on our ethics committee, mentioned to me that there's a famous quote that actually came from a secular person in Britain a number of years ago. Theo Hudson said, you know, if you're going to be successful in a moral revolution, that that which was repudiated must be celebrated. Uh, And certainly homosexuality uh, has been celebrated now in Europe and the U.S. for many years. That which was celebrated, in other words, biblically defined marriage— must be repudiated, and then those who will not celebrate must themselves be repudiated. And it's clear that the prosecutor in Finland has been trying to repudiate you. So thank you for standing tall and firm and representing our Lord Jesus so well, Dr. Rasanen. Thank you so much. I've asked uh, Dr. Barrows to pray for you as we conclude this interview. Father God, I just thank you for raising up Dr. Rosanen for a time like this, not only in Finland, but really around the world. And I just pray that you will continue to give her the wisdom and the strength and the protection that she needs to stand for you. And I know, Father, that that she had mentioned that there is a deadline for the recent district court decision to be appealed uh, that's later this week. I just pray, Father, I pray that the decision will not be appealed, but even if it is, even if it should continue in the courts, I just pray that that you will use Dr. Rosanan for your glory and your honor as you already have. Continue to enable her to stand for your truth your scriptures and for your glory there in Finland and again as an example around the world. And so we ask all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
was only one day after Jeff and I talked with Dr. Rasanen that prosecutors in Finland announced that they will be appealing her unanimous 3-0 acquittal verdict. In fact, this decision to appeal may even take the case all the way to the Finnish Supreme Court, which would open the door for the possibility of securing judicial precedent that would protect the freedom of speech and religion for all of the Finnish people. What an incredible turn of events that would be, thwarting the attack of the Finnish state prosecutor, turning evil into good. Pivey stands ready to defend her rights on behalf of the millions of people in her own country. So would you join me in continuing to pray for Dr. Rassanen as she carries on this fight to defend her freedom of speech and religion in the higher courts. You know, it'd be so easy for Dr. Rassanen to become discouraged when such blatantly false information is shared about her by the prosecutors in court. So let's also pray that God will strengthen her and uphold her with his righteous right hand and that she will have the strength and grace to endure this continued legal process. It's sobering to hear how Christian healthcare professionals in Finland cannot refuse to participate in abortions and must refer for abortion. You heard us talking with her about the fundamental right of healthcare professionals to practice according to their conscience. Dr. Rassanen's experience only further convinces me that at CMDA, we must not waver as we boldly speak out against abortion, as well as assisted suicide, euthanasia, and so many other injustices that have corrupted healthcare in our country today. I don't think it's a coincidence that we are releasing this particular episode with Dr. Rassanen just after the unprecedented leak from the U.S. Supreme Court in relation to the Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization case. Along with you, I heard the draft opinion that would strike down the Supreme Court's past rulings that were handed down in both Roe v. Wade and Planned Parenthood v. Casey. When I heard that the leaked draft was actually legitimate and would effectively end the so-called constitutional right to abortion in the U.S., my first reaction was an immediate prayer of praise and thanksgiving. God sees and cares deeply about every unborn child that he so fearfully and wonderfully made in the womb and yet was sacrificed on the altar of abortion on demand in our country. It's been nearly 50 years since abortion was legalized in our country and we have been praying as the body of Christ for God to open the eyes of our lawmakers and our judges to see through the deception of abortion and to give them courage to stand against this assault on his children. And now, friends, we are seeing that answer to prayer materialize right before our very eyes in 2022. Well, after I took a moment to praise God for this long-awaited news, my second thought quickly became, ah, oh, Mike, this is only the beginning. Now, the hard part begins. Those are the same words I heard echoed while standing on the steps of our Supreme Court last December with Dr. Barrows during the oral arguments in the Dobbs case. This is truly only the beginning and the battle to protect life at every stage is gonna get even more intense, we know. The leak of this potential decision from the Supreme Court is throwing open the floodgates of state legislation. If the Supreme Court truly does overturn Roe v. Wade when the final decision is released, 
it will be up to each and every state to decide the future of abortion in their state. And right now, every single state in the U.S. is starting to mobilize. We've been watching from CMDA for months as states prepare so-called trigger laws that will go into effect if Roe v. Wade is overturned. And we've been actively engaging to stop states like Maryland that have tried to pass laws to radically legalize abortion. So you might ask, why is this important now, especially if the final decision hasn't been released and we don't even know for certain? Well, quite frankly, we can't afford to wait. The time to join the fight is now, and we need your help, friends. Will you join our grassroots advocacy efforts in your individual state to defend and care for our most vulnerable patients? As a healthcare professional, your voice carries so much weight, and we need the weight of your voice as we boldly stand together to declare that abortion is not healthcare and to speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, as we are instructed in Proverbs 31.8. Well, maybe you've been praying about getting involved, but just didn't feel like you had the necessary experience. Or maybe you've been too busy with daily practice, training, family, or a host of other responsibilities to even consider it. But maybe, just maybe, our Lord through His Spirit is telling you that you can no longer be silent. If that's true for you, friend, I pray that today is the day you will step forward and take your place on the front lines by joining CMDA's advocacy efforts in your state. God can use you no matter your circumstances. If you'd like to get involved, please contact CMDA's advocacy and communications team using the email address communications at cmda.org. Before I close out our episode today, I wanted to give you an important update. Last week, I was so excited to announce a matching gift of $320,000. This gift came just at the right time to challenge all of us to give as generously as possible to help meet our CMDA goal of just over $820,000 by the end of June. A huge thank you to every one of you who has already responded. Perhaps you've never considered a gift beyond your membership dues. I want to ask you, would you prayerfully consider a special gift to help your CMDA claim this entire match and finish our fiscal year strong? Your gift of $1,000 will become $2,000. $5,000, of course, becomes $10,000 and so on. You may not realize that CMDA, we depend so much on the generosity of champions who believe in our vision of bringing the hope and healing of Christ to the world through healthcare professionals like you and me. Ministries like Advocacy, Global Health Outreach, Medical Education International, Campus and Community Ministries with work on 325 healthcare campuses across the nation, our Center for Our Member Wellbeing, and so many others. They would not have the impact they're having without your partnership extending beyond dues. Last year, our annual report revealed that 
of our ministry budget actually came from dues, while 60% came from gifts and donated services. I want to thank you today for considering your best gift of the year before June 30th. You can visit cmda.org give to make a gift, or you can call us 888-230-2637 today. Next week, I want to encourage you to be on the lookout for our third video podcast in 2022. I'll be joined by Dr. Walt Larimore, a wonderful friend and ambassador of CMDA for the last 27 years. He has a one-of-a-kind true story to share with us as we approach Memorial Day 2022, a story about an unsung American World War II hero that Walt is especially qualified to tell. As always, if you want to suggest a future guest for our podcast, you can email us, cmdamatters at cmda.org. And if you like our podcast, be sure to give us a five-star rating and share us on your favorite social media platform. Just as we are waiting for the final decision in the Dobbs case, Dr. Rassanen continues to wait for resolution in her court case. And as that waiting continues, we turn our hearts and our minds toward our Savior, and we pray for His will to be done. You heard that from Dr. Rassanen today. Thank you for praying and standing with us in boldly bringing the hope and healing of Christ to our world, to our nation, through healthcare professionals. That's what matters most to CMDA, and CMDA matters. We'll see you next week. This podcast has been a production of the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. The opinions expressed by guests on this podcast are not necessarily endorsed by the Christian Medical and Dental Associations. CMDA is a nonpartisan organization that does not endorse political parties or candidates for public office. The views expressed on this podcast reflect judgments regarding principles and values held by CMDA and its members and are not intended to imply endorsement of any political party or candidate.